They told me, you know, we'll give you a day, we'll give you a week, however long it takes for you to accept our help to be healed and to become a, a child of God and denounce being gay. Honoring the memory of Dr. Anonymous, coming up on the Rainbow Minute. I got three quarters of the way through several times. I was like, well, I have no idea how this would end, so I have to start over. Uh, but one thing I know is I, I can't end a story without hope. This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Nicaragua's NGO Purge targets its oldest queer group. Gay Taiwanese movie sings out a universal love song and upending the artistic process with Amanda Kaback. All that and more this week because you've discovered This Way Out. I'm Joe Bainline. And I'm John Dyer V. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending August 28, 2021. The government of Nicaragua is aiming to shut down the country's oldest LGBTQ advocacy group. The Interior Ministry has asked the National Assembly to annul the legal nonprofit status of Fundacion Shakiketzal and 14 other non-governmental organizations. President Daniel Ortega's Sandinista National Liberation Front is the controlling party in the assembly, so that body's likely to rubber stamp the request. The news was reported this week by Confidencial, an online newspaper that has been critical of the regime of Ortega and his wife, Vice President Rosario Murillo. Assemblyman Filiberto Rodriguez introduced the bill in mid-August that would dissolve the 15 NGOs for holding activities outside the law and acting expressly against the law. The Interior Ministry is charging each NGO with failure to provide names of donors and other administrative infractions. According to Confidencial, at least 45 national and international NGOs have been ordered closed by the Nicaraguan government since July. Fifteen of those were medical associations whose specialists have been critical of the Central American country's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Six others have ties to U.S. and European groups. The U.S.-based Estrella Lesbian Foundation for Justice is among the groups that have funded Fundacion Shakiketzal, according to the Washington Blade. Opposition politicians, journalists, students, and business leaders and human rights activists are the targets of the crackdown. It's timed conveniently ahead of national elections scheduled for early November. China's Shanghai University is asking its three campuses to provide details about non-heterosexual students, including their political views and social contacts. The New York-based online outlet China reported on a Weibo post by user Bobby Yewan Lee, who leaked a supposed campus survey that he called horrendous. He shared a screenshot of what is allegedly a directive from Shanghai University ordering officials to investigate and report all information it has about LGBTQ students. 
Pink News says that includes their psychological condition and any mental disorders. No one seems to know why the actions have been taken or how the information might be used. Other Weibo users say this is not the first time a university has been asked for information about their LGBTQ students. A court in China's eastern Jiangsu province rejected a student's challenge to a university textbook earlier this year. It ruled that the book's description of homosexuality as a psychological disorder was simply an academic view. Several Chinese queer activists told Reuters in July that their accounts on the popular WeChat platform had been locked and all their content deleted. This intrusion into the lives of LGBTQ people at Shanghai University may just be the latest step in efforts to discourage queer organizing. Organizers of the always well-attended Shanghai Pride Festival suddenly announced its permanent cancellation a year ago, reportedly under pressure from both Shanghai city officials and China's central government. Yucatan is now the 21st state in Mexico to open civil marriage to same-gender couples. The vote in the state congress this week was 20 in favor and 5 against. A majority of legislators in early secret votes opposed the move, but Mexico's Supreme Court ordered another vote, this time on the record. The country's high court issued a marriage equality ruling in 2015, but left each state to implement it. Most have done so legislatively, like Yucatan. The independent federal district of Mexico City led the way in 2010. Same-gender couples in Mexico's remaining 10 marriage inequality states can still wed, but it requires usually expensive and time-consuming legal filings in federal court. It's called an amparo, and it cannot be denied by federal judges because of the high court ruling. Veteran gay journalist Rex Wachner reports that Yucatan lawmakers also voted to ban so-called conversion therapy this week. The American Civil Liberties Union announced this week that a Virginia school board has decided not to challenge their demand to pay the legal fees and other costs associated with their lengthy court battles on behalf of trans student Gavin Grimm, a total of more than $1.3 million. Grimm's lawsuit against the Gloucester County School Board policy that prevented him from using high school bathrooms and locker rooms that matched his gender identity began in 2015. Grimm ultimately won his case in several lower courts that all supported his lawyer's assertion that the anti-trans policy violated Title IX of the Education Amendment of 1972. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the school board's final appeal in June. Josh Block is a senior staff attorney with the ACLU, LGBTQ, and HIV Project. He said, it should not have taken over six years of expensive litigation to get to this point. Grimm was only 15 when his case started. He's now 22. He said in a statement issued through the ACLU, I hope that this outcome sends a strong message to other school systems that discrimination is an expensive losing battle. The Gloucester County School Board's insurance company may hear that message the loudest. Conversely, a U.S. federal court has ruled that a Roman Catholic high school in Indiana was within its rights to fire a teacher solely because she married her lesbian partner. Lynn Starkey was an instructor and guidance counselor at the Archdiocese of Indianapolis's Ron Colley High School for more than 40 years. 
The city has an ordinance banning employment discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, so Starkey challenged her dismissal in a 2019 lawsuit. However, federal judge Richard L. Young decided in mid-August that the school could fire her based on a ministerial exception, as described in a 2020 U.S. Supreme Court ruling. Young wrote that one may reasonably presume that a religious school would expect faith to play a role in that work. When the state interferes with these types of employment decisions, it violates both the free exercise and establishment clauses of the First Amendment. Starkey's lawyer said she's not yet decided whether or not to appeal. Two other queer teachers have also been fired by the Archdiocese of Indianapolis in the past few years. According to the Indianapolis Star, at least one termination challenge is still pending in federal court. Finally, more than four dozen students at Valor Christian High School in Denver, Colorado, staged a walkout this week after volleyball coach Inoki Tonga was forced to resign because he's gay. 16-year-old student Lucy Sarkissian helped organize the demonstration. She told the Denver Post, Hiding behind Christianity as a guise for bigotry is not only disgusting, it's not Christ-like. Coach Tonga told Denver TV station KMGH that the school's athletic director and pastor pushed him out. He said, you know, we don't want to make it seem like we're trying to convert you into being a straight man, but we just want you to be a child of God. They told me, you know, we'll give you a day, we'll give you a week, however long it takes for you to accept our help to be healed and come to become a, a child of God and denounce being gay. I remember calling one of my best friends immediately after, just crying and telling her, you know, it's, I feel like it's a repeat of the 27 years of life where I hated myself. Former lacrosse coach Lauren Benner revealed in an Instagram post this week that she too had been pressured by Valor officials to resign. She said when she was called into the administrative offices, she hoped that it was to discuss the pay raise and title change she had been asking for. Instead, she wrote, I was told someone anonymously called the school and suggested I was in a relationship with another woman. It was right then and there that I made the formal decision to end my employment at Valor. Proudly gay and Christian Tonga was the head coach of the Valor Boys Junior Varsity Volleyball Team and an assistant for the varsity team. He evoked a turn-the-other-cheek attitude about his former employer. My main message was to just make sure I'm speaking out for those who are silent. I truly do love them and hope, especially as a Christian school, they did as Christ did in the Bible and left those who shun people and find those who were shunned in order to bring them back. Coach Inoki Tonga, amen. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending August 28th, 2021. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Stay healthy. And I'm Joe Bainline. Stay safe. Isn't life beautiful? Isn't
isn't life gay? Isn't life the perfect thing to pass the time away? surprising love song takes the world by storm, but first the hero of another kind of storm. Honoring the memory of Dr. Anonymous, coming up now on the Rainbow Minute. The American Psychiatric Association recognizes those who have made a significant impact on LGBT mental health with its John E. Fryer MD Award. Fryer was a gay psychiatrist who spoke on a panel at the APA's 1972 convention wearing a Nixon mask and fright wig. Introduced as Dr. H. Anonymous, he galvanized the audience by eloquently explaining the dilemma of being a gay psychiatrist at a time when homosexuality was on the APA's own list of mental disorders. It was fitting that the first recipients of this award in 2006 were gay activists Barbara Giddings and Frank Kameny. Giddings was the one who had arranged for Fryer to be on the historic panel in 1972, and as for Kameny, he came up with the motto, Gay is good. Today, that motto rings truer than ever. The Rainbow Minute is produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns and recorded in the studios of WRIR in Richmond, Virginia and read by volunteers like me, Tom Miller. I'm a little tired of the weary throwaway line that there is no such thing as the gay sensibility. Of course there is such a thing as the gay sensibility. Of course gay men and women think in some fundamental ways differently from straights. It is not just about what we do in bed. It is about the echoes in the culture of who we are or who we aren't. Hi, I'm Clive Barker. Listen to This Way Out. There's some core truth here that I'm not seeing. And so if I can just find it, then I can make this thing really stand on its own and be self-consistent. We'll search for core truth with a lesbian novelist later in the program. That's the moving theme song from the gay-themed Taiwanese movie Your Name Engraved Herein. The official version, sung by the popular Taiwanese singer Crowd Lu, was named Song of the Year at the August 21st Golden Medley Awards, the Grammys for Chinese language music. That's just the latest honor the song and the film have received. Your Name Engraved Herein was Taiwan's most popular film of 2020, the first queer-related movie to top 100 million at the box office. It garnered five Golden Horse nominations and won that Chinese Oscar Prize for Best Original Film Song. A trio of composers from Malaysia and Singapore penned the song that topped the Taiwanese streaming chart for almost half a year. The gay couple from the movie are featured in the music video, which has racked up more than 40 million YouTube views. 
There have also been numerous instrumental and vocal cover versions, including translations into Cantonese, Japanese, Korean, English, and French. Your name engraved herein, singer Crowd Lu stood out as an ally in his touching acceptance speech at the Golden Medley Awards. I think this is a very gentle, emotional song. And I feel that way every time I sing it. I hope the world can be more accepting and have the same kind of feeling toward all forms of love. Finally, love wins. You can see your name engraved herein on Netflix. I'm Edmund White. It is the overwhelming international flavor of the lesbian and gay rights movement that has proved so powerful over the past couple of decades. And one radio program has been there to record, to inform, and to entertain. So please keep listening to This Way Out on this station. Are you signed up for our new e-newsletter, Inside This Way Out? We send them out every few weeks, briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming and deepening the conversation about your favorite international LGBTQ radio show. All you have to do is email us at info at thiswayout.org. And be assured that we don't share or sell your email address or anything about you to anyone else, and we never will. Again, to receive the occasional Inside This Way Out, and let us know you're listening, email us at info at thiswayout.org. Previously on This Way Out. For me, stories come as these like really high, like sociological ideas. And then I, I've got a feeling in my chest of what it is. Like, what do I want it to evoke in the reader? And how do I take this idea and turn it into something that's going to draw people in and make them feel what I'm feeling about this book. Lesbian author Amanda Kaback drew plenty of people into her first novel, The Mathematics of Change. Last week, our John Dyer V drew us into a conversation about Kaback's second book, Upended. The mathematics involved the equation of midlife in the world of academia. Now Kaback moves to the upending of the life of digital media world consultant Maddie after a vicious assault. Let's return to John's interview with Kaback, talking about upending her writing process. 
this book took me five years uh, and about 10 different drafts, and three of them were wildly different from what you see uh, in the printed book now. And, and I remember like, like specifically three years in sitting at a coffee shop and just wanting to cry because I was like, I'm never going to I'm never going to crack this book like I'm never going to make this work. So what was it that, you know, broke through and, and made you go, oh, this is this is what needs to happen? Well, I, I really needed to dig into Madeline's motivations. You know, what mm -hmm. what really happened? Not what did I want to have happened? <laughs> not what did I, you know, how did I want her to deal with things? I had to take myself out of the story and my desires out of the story and say, all right, I've got, you know, 90,000 words and there's some core truth here that I'm not seeing. And so if I can just find it, then I can make this thing really stand on its own and be self-consistent. Were there multiple different endings or, or was it just throughout the whole thing? You, you just were able to go different ways, you know, that you could see conceivably. I had different structures. I had kind of different, uh, conflicts with the characters. Um, I got three quarters of the way through several times. I was like, well, I have no idea how this would end. Uh, but one thing I know is I, I can't end a story without hope. I just, I, like, I can't write a, a true tragedy. Um, so I, I knew that there had to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And whether she actually got all the way to it by the end or just saw it and said, there, there might be an end to this, that's, that's where I knew I needed to get. Since you've invested so much into those people, like, would Maddie show up again? Or do you feel like, okay, I told her story. Yeah. yeah, Maddie's done. Maddie's done. I've got other other people kind of banging on my door um, saying, hey, I've got a story for you. Uh, I think, you know, hers really wraps up nicely. And I'm not a big sequel person, but, you know, maybe, you know, I'll never I'll never rule it out. Right. There's a long life ahead. Do you think, you know, these worlds coexist or do you like completely separate worlds, you know, say from mathematics of change? You know, they're a thousand miles apart, years apart in, in the timeline. But yeah, maybe it is the, you know, Amanda Katie back universe and all my characters just kind of hobnob when I'm not uh, paying attention to them. And that's just kind of a nice thought. You don't write simple characters. You, you, you they're so fleshed out. You, they really, you feel like you know them. Yeah. You know, I hope the reception is going well. Are you, are you enjoying the experience of putting this book out again? And, you know, are you, are you getting used to it? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's kind of amazing, you know, to see it in actual book form and uh, to see it on people's shelves and to have people who have read it talk to me and to talk with other people about it uh, and the process of writing it, because it's it's a very lonely thing, obviously, to, to write a book and to, you know, just to go every day to your desk and kind of flagellate yourself about how this isn't good enough yet. This isn't good enough yet. Uh, and then to have it there and be like, well, first of all, there's nothing more I can do. It's done. Right, <laughs> like, right. No matter what I see in there that I wish I had changed, it's done, which is a relief. Um, but yeah, everyone seems to be, uh, you know, very positive about it and are talking about how it's resonated with them and things in their life. And that's, that's really what I'm, what I'm trying for. How do you divide up your your workday if you're working full time at this this other thing what's what's the time frame like so i don't do much outside of uh mm. getting up so right now i get up i exercise i write for two hours and i go to work because uh, i i work for a place on the west coast and i'm on the east coast so i have to work later in the day uh before i would 
get up, exercise, go to work, and then write, and then come home. So, uh, you know, I've, I've I've been doing that for about twelve years, and um, and you got to make you got to cut some things, some other things out of your life to make time for what's really important to you. And you know, people ask, how do you how do you find time? And I'm like, well, I don't. You know, you're never going to find time. You're just it, it it's sand through the fingers. You're never going to find it. Uh, so you've got to really dedicate yourself to it and and make it and sacrifice other things for it have you always been a disciplined person yeah I'm, I'm pretty lucky that way I mean there are definitely years and years where I wasn't really writing seriously and I was dealing with other things you know in my life where I was dedicated to other pursuits I did um, a lot of classical music when I was younger um, but yeah when I when I decide something is important to me I'm, I'm pretty good about being dedicated but at the same time you know I take a I take an approach to it that's very forgiving, you know, so mm. when I'm starting and I'm saying, okay, I want to be dedicated to this when I started and, and promised myself, all right, this is, this is when you get serious about writing. You know, I started at, okay, you're going to write every day, but it, it could be a half hour, you know, and just to get into the rhythm, no expectations about producing anything, no expectations about publishing, just sit down and write. And then a half hour grew into an hour and an hour grew into an hour and a half. And, and then I had a rhythm going. And so, you know, I kind of let myself ease into it a little bit uh, before I really cracked the whip. That's beautiful. You may already have done this in, in other writings, but um, have you written about a musician character? You know, what's funny is I haven't. I really haven't written about music very much at all, which I have always found interesting. Uh, so at some point it'll it'll come out, but it hasn't yet. Well, with your with your your facile language and your your kind of um, analytical stuff, and then the whole kind of mathematical side of music, I imagine you could really come up with something pretty pretty splendid. As we're kind of starting to wrap up, um, what's on the horizon for Amanda? Um, you know, now or after Upended. Well, I'm, I've got another book that's already written. Like I said, these things take a, a long time to sell and come out. So I'm shopping that around, uh, finding a publisher for it. So uh, it's, a, it's a comedy, which was a real relief after writing Madeline. I mean, I don't write tragedies, but uh, you know, I think we can all agree that, that Upended is not a, a super uh, lighthearted book. So Yeah, you find the absurdity. that There's kind of an undercurrent of, of just the absurdity of, of existence. So I... I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it was fun. I mean, it's hard, very hard to write comedy, um, but uh, and you know, we'll see. It's a, it's of course deals with bigger issues, but hopefully in an amusing way. So that was a that was a definite break for for me and a good kind of palate cleanser after after upended. Not that upended's a downer, but uh, something a little lighter was in order. Um, I look forward to that. That's, that's exciting. Um, so I know that you have your website, um, amandakback.com. Um, is there any other specific website you would want folks to go to to find your work? Uh, that's the best one. Uh, my publisher is Brain Mill Press, so they, of course, have my books there as well. And you can get me on Twitter at, at amandakback. Brain Mill, that's perfect for you. Yes, <laughs> 100%. You it was a match made in heaven, yeah. <laughs> Check out Amanda Kabeck's engrossing new novel, Upended, from Brain Mill Press. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Thanks 
for Discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Joe Bainline and John Dyer V, produced by Brian DeShazer, from Tom Miller, produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns, and from John Dyer V. Crowd Lou, Daryl Casinas, Sam Cook, and Aldrich Vincent performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This We Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Yavana Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentum, and donors James Kennedy and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This We Out Radio on social media, email TWORadio at AOL.com, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and the entire This Way Out crew, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on 3CH Wood End, Victoria, KBRP Bisbee, Arizona, WGDR Hardwick and Plainfield, Vermont, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.